Hello, I'm Mans. I'm one of the worship leaders in Feast Green Hills, and I personally want to thank you for listening to the Feast Green Hills podcast. We hope that after you finish listening to this episode, you will be blessed, empowered, and inspired by God's immeasurable love for all of us. Again, thank you, enjoy, and God bless you. person right there, that person's a miracle. That person right there, that person's a blessing. Amen? Friends, I want to welcome you to the last part of our series, Birth of a King. Who here? Who was here um, for most of the series? Can I see a raise of hands? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who here has joined us for the first time today? Can I see you raise your hands as well? They're the first timer. Oh, welcome. Thank you. Can we give a clap offering for her? We pray that you'll be blessed here today. So today we're at the last, we're at talk seven of our series, Birth of a King. Alam nyo dito sa feast, hanggang end of January, Pasko pa rin. Dinagpan natin yung buong Pilipinas. Amen? And today... We're going to be closing the story of the birth of Jesus, of, of Jesus of Nazareth. Next week, we're going to start a new series, and we're going to enter to, God, to start in uh, talking about God's, uh, the mission of Jesus. But today, we're going to be talking about Jesus of Nazareth. And the big message we want to share to you today is this. God sees your greatness. And you look at the person beside you once, one more time and tell that person, God sees your greatness. God sees your greatness. Amen. If go, as we dive into this word, can we just pray our favorite prayer in the, here in the feast and just welcome God's love into our lives. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I am God's beloved, I'm God's servant, I'm God's powerful champion, and because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, let us honor the word of God. Today we're going to be going back to the to the Gospel of Matthew. For the next two years, we're going to be dwelling on the story of um, Jesus through the Gospel of Matthew, verse per verse. And here, can we all read together? 
But when Joseph heard that Archelaus had succeeded his father Herod as king of Judea, he was afraid to go there. He was given more instructions in a dream, so he went to the province of Galilee and made his home in a town named Nazareth. And so what the prophet had said came true. He will be called a Nazarene. You know, two Sundays ago, all of social media, all of TV, um, all of radio, lahat ng news um, went wild. Nag-circulate siya with one certain story. The Taal Volcano Eruption. Amen? Amen. Yes, tama? And you know, when I heard about this, um, the, the story broke out in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon, and that's when kakawi lang, namin, kakawi lang most of us from Peace Green Hills, right? And nung nabasa ko tong news na to, so parang, uy, si Taal, si Taal, Taal Volcano, nagsasmoke na, Taal Volcano, nag-spew ng, ng smoke and it's about to erupt. And you know, with all concern in my heart, Lahat ng naisip ko, yung mga friends ko, taga-taga-itay, taga-tangas, ito ang ginawa ko. Kasi Sunday afternoon siya, nakatulog ako. I fell asleep. But when I woke up, nagulat ako. Bukas ako ng phone, binasa ko yung news. Ano na balita sa news? Tingin ko, look! Look! Hindi ko alam, lumabas na pala lahat ng nag- Erupt na pala siya, na may ashfall na, umabot na yung ashfall dito sa Manila. Yung pinakamalala doon, umabot na sa Manila, natulog ako yung kama ko katabi ng bintana. So hindi ko alam if may nalanghap na ako. Well, nandito pa naman ako, so praise God. Amen? But anyway, for days, for days after that event, you know, lahat ng nasa news was about the locals, Locals being displaced from their homes. Some people lost their homes with the weight of all the ash. And, you know, all the photos you'll see is just gray. It's just all, it's just all gray. But you know what? During the moments when we feel like our life is in ruins, during the time of our lives that we feel like everything is gray, Nothing makes sense anymore. That is when God shines a glimmer of hope in our lives. After days of just these sad stories, then comes the stories of hope. People started volunteering. People started going to Tagaytay even though it was dangerous. Why? Because they wanted to help. People started helping. People started giving. People went out of their way to share love, share hope, and share blessings to the people in ruins. You know what? The, a common misconception of, of people about Filipinos are, Filipinos are resilient. Ang galing na mga Pilipino. Kahit ano na nangyari, binagyo na, uh, nagka-taal eruption na, whatever. Nakakahanap pa rin sa dahilan mag-smile. Tama? That's what people say. But you know what? Yes, I believe that Filipinos are amazing. I believe that. But the reason why I believe that Filipinos are great is this. Ask me what? Bayanihan. Can you say that again? Bayanihan. 
We treat people equally. We treat people as family. We love to make people feel like they're welcome. We love to make people feel like they're loved. Amen? That's what Filipinos are. We don't just settle for being resilient and smiling despite of disaster. We go out of our way and we want to share the smile and love to other people. Do I hear an amen? Friends, that is real greatness. And today, we're going to be going through the Word of God and we will be changing perspectives and we're going to step out of looking at things from our own eyes and we're going to start looking at ourselves through God's eyes. And today, I declare in each and every single one of us here, there is greatness. I believe some might not know that they are great. Some don't want to believe that they are great. Some people here have yet to fully unleash their true greatness. But today, I'm going to declare this is the truth. Are you ready? There is greatness in every single one of you here. There is greatness in every single one of us here. We may not see it right now because maybe we're looking at it through the wrong things as well. Maybe we're looking at it a different perspective. But today, we're going to look at ourselves in God's eyes because God sees your greatness. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for seeing goodness, kindness, holiness in me. Father, we pray that may you give us your eyes. For in our own eyes, Lord, I cannot see what you see. Lord, free us from seeing only the present. And help us, Lord, to see our glorious future in you. In Jesus' holy and mighty name, amen. Let's honor the word of God. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. As you take your seat, can you just smile and hug the person right beside you one more time? Tell that person you are great. Amen. Amen. To give the rest of this message, may we give, may we welcome the district builder of our district, Brother Vic Espanol. Let's hear from you for John again. Let's give him a big round of applause. You can do better than that. Come on. And for the Lord, John is humble, kind, and assuming, teachable, tall, fair skinned, handsome. 
parang hindi secure ganyan. Layo, no? <laughs> I gave those descriptions because how do you want to be described? How do you want to be described? Good, holy, pure, kind, humble, unassuming, teachable, docile, or guapo, maganda, mayaman, magaling. Ano po ba? So how, does, how, how do you want to be described? Are, are you with me? Yeah? How do you want to be described? Unfortunately, the world uses a different kind of description or definition of how greatness is all about. And God sees you in a different way, in a different perspective, in a different lens as what the world sees you. Amen. God sees you differently. Tell somebody beside you, God sees you differently. God sees you differently. The world sees you differently. God sees you differently. Allow me to be able to give you this story. I, I have mentioned, I, I uh, narrated this, I told this story about my second son. My second son is named Martin. And, uh, well, all of my children, I have three sons. I have uh, three children. And all of them are good, mabait, kind, humble. And there's, but there's, the second son, his name is Martin, he's different from the others because aside from being good and kind and humble, he is also very simple. And that's the way, I mean, makikita mo sa pananamit niya, no? Pananamit niya, grabe, yung simpleng-simple lang. Magsusuot lang niya ng mga signature shirt kung bigay sa kanya. But other than that, he does not change, you know, hinalalakihan niya na yung mga damit niya, suot-suot pa rin niya, nis-nis na, tawag ba yung nis-nis? Yung mga nag- yung makikita mo yung mga sinulid na, butas-butas na, tapos yung kanyang pants, yung kanyang itim na pants, puti na ang kulay, dahil sa luman-luma na. And that's how he was ever since he was a student. Up to the time when he started working, he graduated, he started working in, you know, uh, there's this big bank, a multinational bank, and he was engaged in talking to high-profile clients because his forte, his expertise, his investment, and he would give investment advice to high-profile clients. And I told him, you know, one day I saw him, sabi ko, Martin, bakit ganyan na suot mo? Sabi ko, yung sapatos mo, grabe, yung puting, uh, yung, yung, yung kanyang uh, itim na sapatos, halos namumuti na rin. Sabi ko, siya, hindi mo naman yan, siya, sapatos mo. Yung kanyang pants na itim, yun yung pare, yung, yung namumuti na. Yung kanyang uh, barong taga, uh, polo barong, nis-nis na rito sa kwelyo. Sabi ko, how can clients believe you in what you're talking about if you cannot dress, you know, decently? Sabi niya sa akin, Dad, it's now in the, it's not in the way you dress. It is what is in here and what is here. And I was struck with that. Today, he's very successful. Still, a, a, I mean, a working in a bank and a senior officer at that. So what am I saying? The world measures labels, judges, people differently from what God sees you. Amen. The world measures you in three metrics. Say that to me, metrics. Three kinds of measurement that the world uses on you. And what are, what are these measures or metrics of greatness as far as the world sees you? First, it all starts with the letter A. First is attraction. Say that to me, attraction. 
or attractiveness. Second is affluent. And third is achievement. How attractive are you? How affluent or wealthy are you? And how many accomplishments or achievements have you made? If you are attractive in the eyes of the world, if you are affluent or wealthy, if you have achieved a lot of things in the eyes of the world, you are great. But sad to say, that is not what the world measures you on. Amen. And so, let us take a look at the first measure or the first metrics. Attractiveness. Say that with me. Attractiveness. Do you want people to call you, oh, how attractive you are, how sexy you are, how curvaceous, or may six abs ka. Six pack, six pack abs, no? And, uh, yep, attractiveness. And some of us are flattered when people describe us to be that way. I will not, you know, I hindi kita masisisi. Pahit ang gusto ko rin sabi, guwapo mo. Nalala ko to rin aking apo. Magto two years old na. Pagka hinahawakan niya ako, hindi sabi, guwapo. Siyempre nakakakilig na. Tapos lalo nagaling sa apo mo. And also in the Philippines, if you are, you know, the, 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 the world or the Filipinos, if you are fair-skinned, tisoy or tisay, oy, grabe naman ka. I know of a company, a big, giant company. Before, you know, pagka marunong kang magkastila, buka kang kastila, aasenso ka. I was, but sad to say, there are different parts of the world wherein sexy and uh, masculado and you have a six-pack abs, hindi sa kanila sexy yung. I search, what are the parts, what are countries in the world wherein fat is attractive? Yung baka gusto na pumunta mo sa bansa niyo. And there are 12 countries so far that I've searched wherein fat is considered to be attractive. One is Mauritana. Mauritana. Where is Mauritana? Mauritana is located in West Africa. And fat women there are considered to be attractive. Why? Because it's a sign of prosperity. And if you're going to take a look at the history of Mauritana, Mauritana has suffered drought and famine for a long, long time. And so if you are fat, you are considered to be prosperous. The second country, alam niyo ito, Nauru. Alam niyo yung Nauru? This is, I think, the, one of the Pacific Islands. And in Nauru, you are also considered attractive if you are fat. Why? Because fat people are, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, in the world's, fat, um, in the world's book of records, Forbes list of world's fattest countries, Nauru was considered to be 94.5% of Nauruans are fat. And women are preferred to be fat for childbearing purposes. Yun mga mga lalaki, kinakailangan malaki ka rin, kinakailangan malusog ka rin for strength. They use that for competition, strength competition. Mga tumban sa Tahiti. Nakikita niyo ba yung mga picture dyan? Ayan, no? Tahiti. Gusto niyo mag-bikini? At medyo dito may hiya kayo because you have not a don't have any first, go to Tahiti. You'll be considered as sexy. Women there, fat women there are considered to be beautiful, attractive, and you have to subject yourself. You have to go to their chief day, to their chiefs, 
for beauty and in uh, fertility purposes or inspection. And then, the world of fashion and cosmetics. Binabago yung mga anyo. Ito yung mga botox. Tama ba yun? Botox. Punta ka kay Kalayan uh, ba yun? Or si uh, si Belo. Marami kong kilala. Talagang hindi ko na makita. Singkit. Dati na hindi singkit yun. Siguro kata. You consider attractive if you're wearing the same, you know, terno lahat. If your jeans, your shirt, and your shoes, terno sa lahat. Bags, signature bags, signature shirts, signature shoes, sunglasses, and then all of these accessories, jewelries. Naalala ko tuloy yung kwento ng isang, when I was still starting in the community, sabi there was this elderly woman down at shopping. Dito sa Green Hills, dito sa Green Hills. Mer- meron pa ba yung mga stores-stores dito yung mga yung Muslim ba dito? Yung mga Muslim? Meron pa ba yan? So meron daw isang matron, um, isang elder duhuman, shopping. Sabi ko, bago ko pumunta dito, I asked my wife, sabi ko, Han, if I use the word matrona, is that, is that nice sounding? Sabi niya, huwag mo gamitin yun. Gamitin na elder duhuman. Okay. So elder duhuman, and then, punong-puro, dami ng sing-sing dito, puro ginto, tsaka dito. Yung tinuro niya ko sa Muslim, sa Escaparate. Magkano yan? At saka yan, at saka yan, at saka yan, at saka yan. Tapos, ito, ito naman, ayan, yan, yan. Pinigyaya bang yung mga ginto niya? Tapos, ito, may necklace yan, ginto. Ikaw yan, ginto rin. Sabi ng Muslim, pinag-ibig, sabi ng Muslim, yabang ito ah. Sabi ng Muslim sa kanya, arin dyan ha, arin dyan, arin dyan. Puro ginto kasi yung pinag-Muslim eh. So in reality, cosmetics and fashion are cover-ups because these are not the real. Are you listening to me? These are cover-ups because these are not the real you. Second metrics is affluence. Say that to me, affluence. If you are rich, if you are rich, if you are wealthy, you are attractive in the eyes of the world. Way back in college, this is, this is a true story. I will not reveal, I will not disclose to you anymore the name of the guy because he's well-known, he's a celebrity. And uh, in college, there's this attractive young woman. He is the college sweetheart. And uh, young, attractive, handsome men would court her. But there's this young guy whose face is not really, well, let's call it, only a mother can admire. And courted her as well. Kung ililinya mo, wala, wala siya. Kulelat siya. But, he's rich. Every day na pumunta sa bahay ng girl, ipatiba Porsche, Porsche, Mercedes-Benz, Lamborghini, and then when he would bring her out, date her out in a province, alam mo kung saan sinasakay? Helicopter. This is true. Tatutuo yan. And then guess who won her heart? Ha? Yung sa helicopter. Yun ang nakapuha sa kanya. Hindi guwapo, pero mayana. 
isang matanda widower. Tandang lalaki. Gusto pa niya mag-asawa. Pero tandang siya. Ginawa niya, punta siya kay Bedo. Nagpa-pastry. And then, nagpa-wig. Wig. And then, punta sa Rustans. Hindi si Umata. Rustans. Bili ng mga mamahaling damit. Jewelry. And then, pinaradan yung kanyang kotse na Ferrari sa tapat ng isang eskwelahan. And then, nakakuha siya ng magandang babae. Niligawan niya, sinagot siya. And then one day, while they were going out in a dating from a restaurant, paglabas niya, umuulan, kumidlat. Hindi siya ang kinamaan ng kidlat. Namatay. Pagdating sa langit, sabi ng lalaki, Lord, bakit ako naman ang kinuha mo? Sa dami-dami ng mga lalaki dyan, ako pang tinamaan mo ng kidlat? Sabi ni Lord sa kanya, ay, pasensya na. Di kita nakilala. The greatest attraction is achievement. Say that with me. Achievement. Greatest attraction is achievement. Who you are, what you have accomplished, the, the positions that you have held, your influence to other people. Last Christmas, last Christmas, my wife was, we were talking, and sabi niya, Han, nalala ko nung Pasko, no? Nung nagtatrabaho ka pa, And uh, tuwing Pasko, dami natin regalo. Dami namin regalo sa mga kliyente, sa mga, uh, sa staff ko, sa mga agency force. You know, that time I was, I was leading about 2,000, more than 2,000 people. And dami mo regalo. Ngayon, wala na. Alala ko, o nga, no? Tapos nung araw, pagka birthday ko, dami, magbag. May, may, may office mates would throw a party for me, you know, would surprise me. Pagpasok ko sa kwarto, ang dami dekorasyon sa Facebook, dami ng degree. Ngayon, wala na. Wala na. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Hello? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Attraction. How attractive are you? Affluence. How wealthy. Achievement. How influential you are. These are the metrics of the world. This is how. Those are how the world measures you. But God sees you differently. God uses a totally different metrics. And what does God measure you on? Let's take a look at the scriptures. In Matthew, from the uh, verse 23, And so what the prophets had said come true or came true. He will be called a Nazarene. Say that with me again. Nazarene. He will be called a Nazarene. And some of you, how many among you here have read the Bible? The Old Testament. Can you raise your hands? Old Testament. Can you find the word Nazarene? In the Old Testament. Can you? You cannot find that. And so, what's in Matthew in verse 23? And so, what the prophets had said, the prophecy was referring to the prophets of the Old Testament times. And so, what the prophets had said came true that he will be called a Nazarene. But there is nothing, there is no mention of the word Nazarene in the Old Testament. 
And that is a huge puzzle, a, a mystery for us Christians. But how come Matthew used the word, are you still with me? How come Matthew used the word Nazarene in the New Testament, wherein he said, that's what the prophet said. That he will be called a Nazarene. But nowhere in the Bible, the prophets existed during the Old Testament times. All prophets did not mention the word Nazarene. And today, what we are going to do is unpack, unravel, untackle that mystery, that puzzle, and we are going to see the link between what the prophet said during the olden times and what Matthew mentioned in verse 23 when he used the word Nazarene. Are you excited? You don't sound, sound like. Are you excited? All right. And so, this is with the help of a Bible scholar named Tim McKee. <laughs> and Tim McKee saying, use it. He said that the solution, that the solution, hello, lies in metaphor. What is metaphor? What is metaphor? It follows metatree. Pero corny, no? Metaphor is a figure of speech. It's a figure of speech that the Old Testament prophets used to be able to describe the coming Messiah. And we Christians believe that the Messiah is Jesus, yes? And so therefore, you know, the solution lies in that particular metaphor, in that particular figure of speech. That when they describe the Messiah, they're describing him in the form of a metaphor, in the form of a figure of speech. And so, let's take a look. Isaiah talked about it when he said, in Isaiah 11, verse 1. Please pay attention to this one. I, if you are beside somebody who's sleeping, joshua them or sikuhin mo siya. Because this is very important for us to be able to study and understand the Bible. Some of us think, buti pa yung mga Christian brothers natin, alam na alam ang Bible, pero ngayon na dito kayo inaantok. So, listen to this one, because this is very important. So, what is the metaphor? What is the figure of speech that the Old Testament prophets use? <clears throat> Isaiah 11, verse, 11, verse 1 says, Out of the stump, say that with me, stump. Louder, stump. Out of the stump, you know what the stump is? Hindi yun yung selyo na dinitikit sa, uh, sa, sa envelope, ha? Hindi yan, stamp yun, stamp. This is a stump. Out of a stump. What is a stump? A stump is like this one. Can you show that? Show the picture. That is a stump. A stump is, is, is that part of the tree that, is, that remains when it is cut off. When the trunk, together with the branches and the leaves, are cut off from the tree. That is a stump. Okay? Yung natitira. Alright? So, out of a stump, akala natin patay na yung puno yun, nung pinutol ng mga loggers. Yes? Hello? Akala natin putol na yung puno yun, pinatli na yung puno, akala natin patay na. And, and Isaiah is saying here, out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Say that to me, shoot. 
And what is a shoot? This is a sample of a shoot. There you go. Can, can you see that just a little bit? There you go. That is a shoot. You see that? Akala natin patay na yung puno ng kilat ng mga loggers. But out of the stump will grow a shoot. Or a stick. Yes. Or a new branch, continuing Isaiah, bearing fruit from the old root. Out of a stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch, bearing fruit from the old root. Now, bucket. Say, I'm listening. Bakit pinutol yung puno? Bakit pinutol yung line ni David? Are you still following me? David's line is described as that stump. Pinutol yung linya niya. Why? Ask me why. Because of the sins of his sons and grandchildren. Because of their sins, David's line was cut off because of the horrible sins that they have committed against God, then David's line was cut off like a tree. And all remains was a stump. But Isaiah is saying, hey, don't lose hope. Huwag kayong manwalan ng pag-asa because out of the stump will grow a shoot. Out of the stump will grow a stick that will bear much fruit. Are you listening to me now? That is the metaphor. That is the figure of speech that the old prophets, and it is not, I'm going to show you later, that it was not only Isaiah who said that, but all the, most of the Old Testament prophets mentioned that also. All is not lost. Because from that stump will grow a stick. Say that to me, stick. A little stick that will bear fruit. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Yes? And right now you can be imagining, what is that stick? Who is that stick? Can you answer it now? Who is that stick? Who the stick is? Yes? But let's not preempt it. Let's not preempt it. And later on, also, the prophets Jeremiah and Zechariah would pick up or would use the same metaphor or would use the same figure of speech. The coming Messiah from that stump, the coming Messiah will be that stick, will be that shoe that will bear much fruit. From the stump, from the line of David that was cut off, will rise the stigma. Say that with stigma. And so, hindi pa masyado connected, no? Bakit? Eh, Brother Vic, nasa yung nasa riyan dyan? Nakuha nyo? Gets nyo? Nasa yung nasa riyan dyan? Okay, naiintindihan ko yung stump. From the stump will grow a stick. Pero nasa yung nasa riyan? Hindi ko pa rin ma-connect. Okay, this is the connection. Say, I'm listening. Woo! This is mind-blowing. Thanks be to God that we have Brother Bo, who connected all of these things. What has God to do with the word Nazarene? Nazarene is a 
person who comes from Nazareth. I'm getting excited. You're all you're, you're participating now. Nazarene is somebody is a person who comes from Nazareth. Manilan comes from Manila. Quezonian. Coming from Quezon City. Pasigueño comes from Pasig. All right. And so, do you know, therefore, what the word Nazareth means? In Hebrew, listen to this one. In Hebrew, Nazareth is Nazareth. And Nazareth means stick or a branch. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Nazareth in Hebrew is stick. And so therefore, Nazareth literally means the stick town. And somebody who comes from a stick town is called a stick man. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Yeah? The metaphor, all of these things. Praise be to God. We've got the stick man, Jesus, who came from the line of David that was cut off, that was a stump. And from that stump grew a stick, the stick man coming from the stick town of Nazareth. Wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful. Nazareth. And so you may be asking me, Brother Reed, what does this all mean? With what you're saying, that God sees us differently. That God does not measure us in the way the world measures us. What is greatness from Nazareth? What is great about Nazareth? Nazareth was a tiny little barrio or barangay that does not have any jolly games. No Netflix. No TFC. No Globe or Smart. Why? Because there are only about 20 plus people living in that town, in that barangay. And Jesus, the Son of God, who created the whole universe, the galaxies and the stars, why would he pick Nazareth to be the birthplace, to be the, not, not birthplace, but to, to be the, the place where, where, where his son would grow up? And so that's why Philip said to Nathaniel that Jesus came from Nazareth. Nathan said, Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good from the tiny little town that is only composed of about 20 people? Can anything good come from it? It does not make any logic. It does not make any sense. And if I were God, the God of your universe, I would choose my son to grow up in Paris or New York or in London, not in Timbuktu. Yes? And so why did God choose Nazareth? The answer is very simple. To be able to tell everyone, to tell you and me that he is changing the metrics of the world. To be able to tell you and me that that is not how I measure greatness. It is not attraction. It is not affluence. It is not achievement. But rather, one that produces, one, the greatness is one that produces value far greater than what the world measures you on. Meron ba tatlong bata nagyabangan? Sabi ng isang bata, Lolo ko, sa, 
katapusan ng pangalan niya, MBA. He is recognized in the whole country. Jose Procopio, MBA. Sabi ng isang bata, yung lolo ko, talo yan. Yung tatay, yung lolo ko, saan? Huli ng pangalan niya, nakalagay doon, PhD. And he is known all over the world. Sabi ng isang bata, talo kayo ng tatay ko. Yung tatay ko, sa, ay yung lolo ko pala, yung lolo ko sa hulihan ng pangalan niya, nakalagay doon, RIT. He is not only known in the world, but also in the afterlife. When Matthew said that he will be called the Nazarene, when Matthew called that Jesus is called to be a Nazarene, he wanted all readers to be able to connect Jesus to the Old Testament prophecies, to the Old Testament verses and, and phrases that connect, that describe him to be the Messiah that is going to come out from that stump, a root from the old root, the stickman, a shoot, and a branch. That one line, he will be called a Nazarene, was in computer jargon hyperlink to all the other verses of the Old Testament prophets like Zechariah and Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Are you getting what I'm saying? And one of the most powerful passages in the Bible in the Old Testament was from Isaiah 53. And in this poem, Isaiah called the Messiah as a sick man. Isaiah then describes the great suffering that this sick man is going to suffer. And probably, you know, Isaiah did not anymore see Jesus being born and suffering, this great suffering. Isaiah did not anymore see in his lifetime how his prophecies have come true. But I'm sure up in heaven he was jumping up in joy and saying, that is Jesus. That is Jesus when he was crucified on the cross. He was already describing years, centuries before that the coming Messiah is going from that stump, from that little stick. Amen. And so today, as we end, this verse, the series of Matthew, the first series of Matthew, entitled Birth of a King. As we end this series, I want us to be able to stand up in reverence to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, to the God of Gods. I want us to be able to stand in reverence and pay Him all and honor and glory. And let's listen to this mind-blowing, heart-rending, spirit-moving poem from Isaiah 53. Are you with me? Let us listen. And as I read this passage, Isaiah 53, I want us to be able to think of the stick man who came from the stick town, Barrio, Barangay, Nazareth, the stick man called Jesus. <coughs> Isaiah said, My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful. There was nothing majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. 
We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. I don't know him. I don't recognize him. We cannot be blamed. Peter even did that. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. And yet, listen, yet it was our weakness that he carried it. It was our sorrow that weighed him down. Look, this is Isaiah, the prophet, saying this, writing this, centuries, ages ago, before that stigma came to life. It was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God. A punishment for his own sins. Akala natin, you know, it was a punishment. God is punishing him. But, Isaiah continued, he was pierced for our rebellion. Crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could, we could be healed. That is the stigma. That is Jesus, the Messiah. And why did he have to suffer? Why did he have to go through rejection, persecution, crucifixion, and death? Why did he do that? Because he loves us. He loves us. Because you and I are worth it. Tagalog, sulit tayo. Pakisipin sa katabi, sabihin mo, sulit ka kay Lord. Because the world, because He, because He, Jesus, measures us differently. You know, you may have a face only a mother can love. You may not be affluent. You may not have much achievements. You may just be a lowly clerk or a messenger. You may not have much accomplishments. But in the eyes of God, you are worth it. You are great. But similarly, similarly in the eyes of the world, Jesus was a stigma. No attraction, no affluence. Not much achievement. In the eyes of the world, the achievement that Jesus did was nothing. And as Isaiah said, there was nothing, I repeat that in verse 3 of Isaiah 53, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us from him. Who could be attracted to that guy who was hanging on the cross? Looking miserable. And dying. Who could be attracted to him? And yet, Jesus was the greatest being that happened in the entire universe even bigger, even greater than the universe itself. God measures us, uses a different way of measuring, uses a different metrics. And what are his metrics? Are you ready? His metrics are selflessness, sacrifice, service. Those are his metrics. That's why Jesus said that the greatest among you must be your servant. No human being 
No human being is ugly or poor or powerless in the eyes of God. If you are selfless, sacrificing and serving Him and His people, you are not poor. You are not ugly. You are not powerless. And as I end, I'd like to tell you the story about, you know, my wife and I do mission trip. And uh, last year, we visited this new place, a relatively young group. They're just holding a gathering feast life video, and we call it Feast Palma, Mallorca. They're a group of 15 people. This is one year old. Next month, February, they'll be celebrating the second year. And you know, we, my, my wife and I arrived there at about 7 o'clock in the morning and there were about 5 or 6 of them who picked us up from the airport, excited to see the leaders coming from Manila. They're all excited about 7 o'clock in the morning. They were there about 6 o'clock in the morning. It was gloomy, it was raining, and they were all there excitedly picking us up. And I thought we were going to ride a nice car, you know. We had to wait with all of our luggages to get the taxi. Rode the taxi. And uh, the hotel was not yet ready yet. We'd be ready about 2 o'clock, and so we had breakfast. And when we were having breakfast, uh, my wife and I ordered the food of the first one. Tataka ko, hindi sila umorder. Hindi kami order ng mga pagkakitas. Pero inorder namin yung simpleng pagkain na. Dahil nakikiramdam kami. Hindi sila hindi umorder. Umorder pa konti, konti lang. Grabe, napakasimple inorder nila. And I found out later on that these people, most of our workers in Europe are cleaners. You know, cleaners, nililis ng bahay. And hindi sila nakastasyon sa isang bahay. They would clean about five or six houses in a day, two hours. Kung gusto mong, you know, kung lumaking kita, mas maraming bahay ang nililisin mo. And they would start work at about six o'clock in the morning. At the break of dawn, they would already be up. And up to the night, for us to be able to save money, earn more, so that they would be able to come home. And that explains why, you know, in order na po konti-konti lang. Pinukuna kami ginagin sa isang restaurant na napakaliit. Sabi ko, malinis kaya rito. And then, nung hindi pa nagsiserve ng breakfast, ginagin kami sa isang malaki-laki restaurant na nagbukas na ng araw na yun. And then one time, we were having lunch, uh, dinner. And, uh, you know, al- alam niyo sa Spain, ang, ang dinner doon is 9 o'clock, hindi evening, 10 o'clock. So, mag-dinner ka ng 7 o'clock, they serve you tapas. Tapas is appetizer. So, doon kami din na In-order namin, dalawang appetizer na. Kami unang mga nag-order. Sila, in-order nila, bawat tatlo or apat sa kanila, isang tapas, isang appetizer. Nagahati-hati yung apat doon. Hindi ako, pinigay ko sila ito yung mga pagkain namin sa kanila. Are you getting what I'm saying? And yet, and yet, they're so generous. Nung papaalis na kami ng gitas, binigyan ako ng envelope. Pagbukas ko sa envelope, kapal, kapal, sinasalat ko lang, sinasalat ko lang, kapal nito. Baka naman, tigawan nyo ito kaya mga kapal. 
in Pagbabas took me 50 euros. I counted it. It's my bubble. The amount that they gave us. And you know what I did? I slipped back to Andrew. I slipped back to her and said, I, I cannot accept that. Have you been brother with the God of Mary said, I cannot. I gave it back to them. Because I know that that money can, comes from, you know, five days labor. I slipped it back to them. And then when I came back here, you know, I, 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 would, I would review all of the tithes that the international countries would remit to the central tithe. And you know, they, you know, I was so touched when I found out that they would be tithing every month, January 8th, every 8th of the month, kumagbinti sila, a few days, 10, 11, 13, 13. But most of the months, 8th of the month, they would be tithing. They would be remitting the money. Cleaners at the and they would find time, even if they would be working, rising up early in the morning at dawn, to be able to serve, to be able to clean five or six houses. During that, they would find time once a week to be able to gather and to be able to listen to the Word of God. I believe that God sees the greatness in each of these servants. And when God looks at you and me, when God looks at those people, He does not see their handicaps. He does not see their limitations or their deficiencies. He does not see them as a cleaner. There is no distinction between what a cleaner and what an executive is. There is a distinction between, there is no distinction between what is ugly and what is beautiful, what your accomplishments are. Even if you don't have any accomplishments in this world, God sees you differently because He sees you only in what is inside you. God sees you who you are inside you. God sees the genuineness and the purity of your heart. Your sincerity, your genuineness, your selflessness, the love that is overflowing from your heart that keep on serving God and His people. Even the marginalized ones, that is what greatness is all about in the eyes of God. Greatness is your core value. That, uh, that's how God sees you and me. And today, let us honor the King of Kings, the stigma from the stump that grew out. story behind those lines. Or if right now you're in the middle of decision making, listing the pros and cons, just considering all the facts that you can or can't control. Or right now you're in the struggling on your own emotions, forgetting or confused the things that we believe in. No one knows. Even you may not know. But only
only one person up there thanks you we ask you to bow your heads as we pray father we might not know how the world sees us but to be honest feels uneasy and it hurts hearing it from the world especially hearing it from the people that is close to us can you give us strength not to rely on our own understanding but yours alone we pray and believe that you'll make your way through all the shatters, dreams, and hopes. In your way, we will trust even if the world sees that we're not enough, even if we feel like we're not worthy. We know that you're always there clasping your hands, cheering us whenever we try. And you're there crying with us when we fail and when we feel ashamed. And there you are raising us again and saying, that's okay. Do it again. And this time, you did it for me. I hope that this episode blessed you with grace to start your day with God. Thanks and see you next week. Or you could visit us in Peace Green Hills every Sunday, 9 a.m. at the Green Hills Theater Mall in San Juan City, Philippines. God bless you.